0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Summer League, it's over, but the crazy world of the NBA always has Tons of stuff going on, so we're going to get into some signings today, some rumors, some trade talks, all kinds of things. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane, joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you doing? Good, man. I'm a
2: little sad. No more NBA hoops for a couple of months, three months or so. Well, I guess about two and a half, right, beginning of October for preseason, but we'll soldier through. We'll get through it somehow. I guess there's Eurobasket and all that other stuff to watch this summer, so we'll watch some of that.
1: Somehow, some way, we will we will make it. Before we dive into our NBA stuff, we have yet to talk about Thor. True. We. Good point. What, what did you What did you think? We'll do a Cliff Notes version here. What did you think of of Thor: Love and Thunder?
2: Yeah, I'll try to keep it relatively spoiler free. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. It it was how I've described it to folks to have asked is it was good. I I didn't think it was great. I didn't think it was like top tier MCU uh, but it was still good I think the bar is just very very high now uh, for the MCU so I think it's like unless it's one of those ones where I'm like holy crap and I have to like sit for like 30 minutes after to process it then it's it's probably good and it was good I enjoyed it very much I just it was funny both my daughter and I she's huge into this stuff too we were both kind of like it could have not happened and like I don't know that the MCU would have missed it. Now, right. When we've said that in the past, it tends to turn out later something happened or it's like, oh hey, that's huge now. So I'm I'm gonna leave open the door for that to happen. But I liked it. I just I, I wasn't completely blown away.
1: It felt like previously in the MCU there was the infinity stone plot line that was like that was connecting everything that would just it would be you would have some little glimpse of things here or there throughout a number of different movies i, I don't i can't quite see where all this is going and i know we've heard about like secret wars and that kind of yeah. stuff going in there but it's like we're not really getting the tastes of those things coming in yet there's the multiverse stuff but thor it felt like like you said it just felt like kind of a standalone its own thing there wasn't that whole interconnectedness to it uh but on a smaller scale, just in terms of taking it as its own movie, I enjoyed it. And I took my five, actually she's six today year old daughter to it. And she loved it. And she loved it, particularly the part at the end. So I was, I was very appreciative of the fact that it wasn't Dr. Strange where clearly you're not taking kid to it, where it was, it was more kid friendly. And for me, it, what made the movie more enjoyable was that there were so many moments where I look over and she's just grinning from ear to ear and busting up and, and having a good time with it. So I could see where if I wasn't there with a the kid, though, I'd walk out going, eh, "Okay, well, whatever. That was that was fine, but it it was worth seeing. But again, my specific situation, watching that with a younger kid, uh, definitely enhanced my my enjoyment of it.
2: Yeah, I thought this one was pretty kid friendly as yeah. far as um, there's a lot of involvement of kids in it. So there, that part I thought. You know, it was kind of cool too so yeah I, I can totally see that yeah very it's it's funny because i was trying to to like, so one of my other friends who hasn't he still has not seen it yet and he was just like man he's like then maybe i'll just wait and i was like it was still good i was like i still you know, enjoyed it I still had a great time i just it wasn't i didn't come away like wow right. like blown away and like holy crap and it does feel a little bit like some more the bigger maybe how do i put it the the like overarching plot point stuff yeah. came is coming out of the tv shows now yeah. like maybe that's driving more towards some things um comic cons this week so maybe we'll start getting some announcements here of like you know, what's next and what's coming because uh, we know i think that next movie is uh is uh, black panther two right um so that that i think is the next movie and the next tv show is next month that's a uh, she hulk mm-hmm. so we'll see how that comes comes together and pull stuff in uh ms marvel was really good i really enjoyed it It had a i don't i don't think you've seen it all
1: yet no right? i am i am watching that uh this week that's on right, my perfect. to-do list for this week to watch it.
2: There's a really stick with it all the way through the credits of the last episode, because
1: there's Ooh. a kind of cool
2: thing. At the okay. End, um, that, that is uh, no, no spoilers here and no spoilers in the comments either people. Cause <laughs> we know uh, some people haven't had a chance to watch all this stuff. Summertime's a busy time. So, but yeah, but yeah. So I guess, you know, I'll give it a, you know, a thumbs up for Thor. I, I don't, uh I, you know, I, I'm a sucker for all this stuff. I don't
1: dislike any of it. My last thought on this, and then I promise we'll get to basketball. (laughs) I felt like Christian Bale was too good.
2: Yeah, like 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 Christian
1: Bale was at the Drew League. That's that's what was going on there, (laughs) and not and not to denigrate you know Chris Hemsworth or any of the other actors that were in the movie, but it felt like he was on a different level than everybody else that was there with him.
2: Yeah, that is uh, one of those chewing the scenery kind of performances where he's just, you know, he dominates every scene he's in. And it's like, you know, you almost kind of wish that it was, uh, you know, one where there was like a bigger role for him to play, you know, moving forward. Sorry, if that's but I think everybody expects that. But yeah, but I also think for him, he probably kind of liked the idea of like, I get to drop in, Mm -hmm. play a really fun, cool character for, Mm -hmm. you know, I won, and then then I'm out of here and off and on to whatever. My
1: Check the party. box. I did an MCU movie mm-hmm. and and yeah. move on to whatever else. Yeah, part. he's he he
2: is, he is fantastic. He, yeah, he really is good.
1: Yep, absolutely. All right, let's let's get into some NBA. We we we've, we've spent the first six minutes of the show not even talking basketball. So let's let's get into it here. That's well for
2: an NBA podcast.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Let's start things off with my Los Angeles Lakers. Oh my goodness, Russell Westbrook madness. That's all I can call it at this point because all we're hearing is it's terrible. The relationship is icy, and next thing you know, Chris Haynes is coming out with a report saying LeBron and Russell Westbrook and and Anthony Davis are on a phone call and they're committing to each other and. And back and forth, and Russell Westbrook is firing his agent somewhere in there because the agent wants him to stay with the Lakers, which implies that he doesn't want to stay with the Lakers. Who knows where anything is at at this point? Keith, my head is spinning. Maybe, though, it's because I am too absorbed into all of this. You're a little bit further removed. Can you make any sense of what is going on here with the Lakers and Russell Westbrook?
2: You look to the wrong place for help, my friend, because I I don't know that I'm going to get you there, but... I do think there was probably a, my my thought was when we saw the statement uh, to ESPN from Thad Foucher's former agent about how basically they were splitting up and then more detail in a statement like that than we've ever seen before. Uh, very detailed around like this is you know where it was and as you said he he lent it to believe he has been counseling Westbrook of hey let's just see this through let's see what Darvin Ham's plan is let's see where this is now Westbrook only has so much say anyway right he's under contract no kind of options and all that stuff so the Lakers can trade him whenever they want and do whatever they want they could also waive him if they wanted. um but it was also made very clear several times by several people that Russell Westbrook has never asked for a trade from the Lakers either. Mm-hmm. He's just you know content to to, he need he's to content to be there, but yeah, and that's the other thing is like does he need to? I mean, I think we all know they're uh' kind of openly shopped him for you know going on six months or so now. So I think this is one where for me, unless there's a Kyrie Irving trade or a much bigger, you know, wild, you know, uh, the kind of thing that people who spend all day on the trade machine dream up actually Mm -hmm. comes to life happens. I think he's going to go to camp with the Lakers and we're going to see what this looks like and, and play it out. And my guess is it's probably LeBron looking at it and saying, all right, it's mid July. We're all about to go on vacation, like real vacations for you know a month or so. Let's get everybody together. Let's just have a quick chat to say like, Hey, can we, kind of, you know, just, we all good. We're good. All right. We'll see everybody in September. And then we go from there.
1: Right. And I mean, this means, you know, the Lakers are still going to do what they can to move him. Sure. This is for most Lakers fans. This is devastating. Let's, let's just be honest. Right. The idea of Russell Westbrook in uniform again next season is horrifying, but I also think he's better than what we saw last season. Not say it will work or it's going to work if he does come back. Mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting that we've seen Chris Haynes, Woj, everybody has mentioned if he returns next season. And yeah. this, I don't think this is locked in. He's back next season. That's yeah. it. This is, this is yeah. done. I think they're still going to do what they can to move him. They're just saying, look, in the event that you wind up back on the team next season, let's make sure that we know where everything's at and we can bring in into training camp. Because that was, that was some of the discussion this morning. We had Jovan Buha from the athletic mentioned that, look, lebron russ i mean clearly the lakers have been shopping him the stuff with the agent this is getting worse and maybe we start getting to the point where they just tell him stay home like Mm -hmm. that's that's what we were looking at so perhaps this is sort of pushing back against that narrative and saying look it it's not that bad it's not at that stage right now
2: yeah i don't think this is a you know, from the player or team side of Ben Simmons situation where it's like, Oh gosh, like everybody just stay away. This is going to be too bad for everybody. I think this is a situation of, Hey, let's get into camp. Let's see where it goes. Um, You know, at this point, not to get too crazy with it. And we'll talk about it. We are probably going to save the Lakers uh, off season review a little bit later, just because if they do make a trade, we don't have to redo the whole thing, but if he is back, they kind of need him because they, they they don't have a ton at point guard. Um, that is still kind of a little bit of a position of, of need, quite frankly. And some of that is, well... We've got Kim at 47 million. We've got Kendrick Nunn at 5 million. You know, that's already 52 million in this one position. How much money are we going to invest in in this one spot? But I think it's one of those things where my guess is Darvin Ham is kind of in the lab with his assistants working on. And if we bring Russ back and we got to run with this. How do we make this work? And it's funny because now you're seeing some resurfacing of like, if he just cuts more, if he does this, if he does that, if play him off the ball, all these things. And it's like, yeah, we've been talking about this since he was with For the years. Thunder with Kevin yep. Durant. Yes. Like, you know, is, you know, is he capable of changing? Maybe he is. I mean, he's deep into his career. Maybe he is going to be like, Hey, I got to show I can do some stuff. And, but I still don't think any of that precludes the Lakers from all the way up until to and including the trade deadline, trying to trade them. I, I think they're gonna continue to keep working on it because I think they know in their heart of hearts, no matter how good it's going, there's better fits and they could be doing something better with somebody else. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't know that this whole the three of them talking really changes all that much beyond, yeah, hey, we're all on the same page you'd be ready to work in September when we were regroup. Let's go. And I, and I think that's kind of, you know, not uncommon. I think it's just more of, Hey, we got to talk because everybody saw us not talk in Vegas and, you know, all that stuff. And
1: then off we go. Now the report was that they talked during summer league. They all hopped on the phone, which then people are saying, well, why did LeBron and Russell Westbrook <laughs> not even acknowledge each other at summer league? It was odd, but, but in any event, um, we always talk about reading between the lines, trying to figure out who benefits, potentially where this could have come from. Where do you think this this is coming from, this, this report, and who benefits from it?
2: It's probably, my guess is, more from the Lakers side of things. Lakers and maybe combined with, and I'm not trying to make the cheap Lakers clutch or the same thing, joke. I, I, but I do wonder if it's Lakers and LeBron camp.
1: Mm-hmm. A little
2: bit of, hey, before everybody kind of goes their separate ways here for the next month, month and a half. Let's make sure we get something out there that, like, hey, these guys are actually good because we don't need the rampant speculation continuing to go on and on. Because I mean, you you know it and feel it way more than I do. I mean, when they didn't talk at summer league, all my timeline was for you know two days was these two guys hate each other and it's done and the Lakers are falling apart and all that stuff. And, and none of that I think is true. So uh, my guess is it was probably Lakers, LeBron camp. Combined of, hey, let's 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 make sure everybody knows like we've talked where we're all on the same page. We're ready to go.
1: Yep, yeah, I could see that. Again, particularly with the report coming out this morning, where they're talking about how it's you know, Yovan Buha saying that maybe it's getting close to, hey, Russ, just don't come to camp. That that type of situation. I think this is kind of a response to that to some degree. But in any event to, we'll to be see. honest
2: though, would it shock you if tomorrow it was like? Russ, don't come to camp. No. I think none of this would surprise me at this
1: no, point. No, uh, at it's this crazy. point, yeah. we've heard so many leaks and counter leaks and so many different things about different players. And yeah. who knows exactly where, where <laughs> this is going to be. That ship's going so leaky,
2: that thing's sitting on the bottom of the ocean right, now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right <about. laughs> now. Right now, all all we're hearing is is everything. Everything from, yeah. uh, you know, we've heard every single rumor out there and, and who knows ultimately where this is going to wind up. But yes. Yeah. In any event, let's move on from the R- Russell Westbrook madness. Let's talk a little bit about something that did happen um, very quickly. Three minutes. It took the Suns three minutes to match the Pacers offer for DeAndre Ayton. We haven't talked we about this talked yet. about it more show. for like an entire show. Yeah, than it, <laughs> than it took the Suns to match, match it. So, okay, so let, let's get into this then. Then why, and I know I put it as a title, the Pacers, now that Ayton's offers match, but why did the Suns do this then? If they were so determined to keep DeAndre Ayton, why not just come to a deal with him themselves? Because every answer I can come up with sounds really bad for the Suns.
2: Yeah, my guess is the Suns left it with, hey, here's what we'll do this is the contract we will give you whether that was a four year at the 8% raises max. And that's what it'll be because we know it wasn't the five year. Cause they were very clear about that. Um, but whether they left it as that's what we'll do. Um, clearly they didn't like any of the sign and trade options were presented to them or that be with Brooklyn or maybe Brooklyn didn't like it or with Indiana. Um, Indiana clearly, I think, would have done a sign and trade, um, but the reporting was very, very clear that the Suns had no interest in that, um, which says to me, they, they, for whatever reason, they didn't want Miles Turner. So that leaves it with, all right, here's what we're going to do. This was not a go out and get an offer sheet. And if it's more than. You know, four years, 100 million is what we're topping out as. If you get more, we'll see where it goes. This was just go sign an offer sheet and then we'll match it. Um, Very clearly was, you know, whatever it is. And if nothing else, the Suns got them slightly cheaper because it's only going to get 5% raises and 8%. But in the end, I think all you did was kind of probably further weaken the relationship with the player. He's probably pretty pissed. I don't understand from the Pacers' side why there's not a player option on year four, why there's not a 15% trade bonus. They didn't do anything to make it hurt. Yeah, Yeah. make it hurt. You know, make it hurt. So, And then if you really like him, three years from now, he's a free agent anyway, and you can go get him then. But maybe, you know, your guys are a little older and a little more ready. So, yeah, from the Sun side, like strictly the basketball side, this is good for the Suns, provided you know he shows up and he's motivated and he plays and does all his normal DeAndre 8 and stuff. They had nothing else at center. It was Bismack Biombo, and that was it. Now you've basically running it back with your guys, a couple guys on the bench that you added uh, for depth reasons, but running it backs not the worst thing. I mean, this team, they fell mm-hmm. apart, whether that was COVID-related or all these other issues. Maybe that's what it was, but it all fell apart on them Late in that Mavs game, that Game 7 was a disaster. And, you know, I would look at it and be like, all right, we're probably somewhere between the NBA Finals team of two years ago and the team that fell apart in Game 7. And to me, that's good enough to be in the mix to make the finals again with DeAndre in the fold.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed
1: They, they have to, at some point, move him, I would imagine. Because look, look at what happened with Gordon Hayward and the Jazz. The Jazz did this to Gordon Hayward. They said, well, you know, we're not sure what we want to give you. Go find your own contract and, and we'll match it. Ultimately, Gordon Hayward, when he had the opportunity to, he left. Because that's not a great way to build a relationship with the player. Um, I think that from the Suns' perspective, this is smart in terms of making sure that you can get something for him. Yep. I don't think it's smart if you're of the mindset that this is our long-term answer in the middle. I think it's more of a, this is let's make sure that we don't lose him for nothing. And then at some point down there, maybe it's a year from now, maybe it's two years from now, three years from now, it could be at the trade deadline. At some point they're going to move on from Deandre.
2: Yeah. This is not going to, we're not going to be, you know, knock on wood doing this show, you know, eight to 10 years from now. Uh, Talking about DeAndre Ayton, you know, wrapping up his you know third contract with the Suns, and you know, wow, can you remember back when he you know looked like he was gone? It's not going to play out that way. I'd be very surprised if he's there more than a couple of years. But yeah, well, we'll see. Now he will be movable by the trade deadline. Um, you know, big number, but not impossible to to move. So we'll we'll see where that goes. And heck, by that point, you may still have the Pacers sitting on a crap ton of cap space, and maybe then that's when well not this year because it can't to happen the Pacers that, this year but, but uh you know maybe maybe next offseason that's where where he ends up with or something like that so we'll see yep. and reason why he can't just uh, and i shouldn't even have said it the way i said it but the reason why um he can is you can't trade him to a team that uh, uh you match an offer sheet on for one year uh that's probably best known as the Allen crab situation where the blazers oh, yeah. matched an offer sheet from the nets for Allen crab and then uh turned around exactly on the one year uh, you know, restriction expiring and traded him, uh, back to the two or not back, but to the nets, um, which was a weird situation in and of itself. But yeah, yeah and then eight, and also now he gets a no trade clause too for the full year, uh, for one year after a matching. He has to agree to any, any trades that happen with this one. So, um, Pacers side of this, you took a shot. Yep. You didn't get him. Nothing, nothing really lost here. You, you waved a few guys who probably weren't part of things anyway. Uh, moving forward in Indiana. So now, now you're going to be sitting there with, uh, you know, a whole bunch of cap space and there, you know, I said at the Pacers and the Spurs, they're going to be everybody's, uh, third team in on every trade moving forward, uh, here with, uh, you know anything that's with Westbrook, Kyrie, KD, uh, Donovan Mitchell, whoever it is, uh, everybody's going to be you know throwing those teams in there because they have the ability to absorb all sorts of salary. While you know, still got Miles Turner, kind of an interesting guy yeah. that could be could be on the move. So yeah, I think um, you know let's let's see uh, where the Pacers go. I think we're uh, uh, ways away from that final story, and be a story being written uh, in Indiana yet.
1: Absolutely, more moves to come there for sure. Uh, one thing that did happen, Casey Paula wound up with the Sacramento Kings, who continued to make moves and have been, mm-hmm. you know, the Kings had a pretty solid offseason, pretty solid summer, including something else that we're going to get to in just a minute.
2: Yeah, I wrote um, for uh Spot Track today, I wrote my 10 best value deals uh from free agency, whether it be uh free agent signings or uh ex- contract extensions. And I have Malik Monk on the list. I thought uh I get a great deal with Malik Monk. Um, uh, you know, just slightly less than the full mid-level for him. He adds a really good shooter to them, but KZ Akpala is uh, you know, interesting he played for Mike Brown um on the uh, I believe it's uh the Nigerian. Uh, national team uh, for Mike Brown. Mike Brown was a uh, very uh, complimentary of him. He was somebody the Heat really liked and talked up. They moved him ultimately in a salary clearing move, um, which also involved some uh, freeing up some pick protections and the like uh, to Oklahoma city. And then Oklahoma city waived him because they just didn't have room for another forward. Um, but yeah, he, he can play. So um, I'm interested to see what happens here. They kind of needed another, um, you know, long rangy forward. Uh, They're just to kind of, Bit in the mix with their other guys so i think this is a, a pretty good signing for the um kings
1: uh and then we also have keegan murray from the sacramento kings wins summer league mvp look there was a lot of question marks about them them taking keegan murray some people felt like that was a little bit of a of a reach but um so far and look summer league is by no means the end all be all in terms of player evaluation this doesn't mean he's a superstar in the making Nikola Skidishvili would say otherwise, um, but but Keegan Murray, Summer League MVP, Kings fans, that gotta at least feel feel pretty good about about that.
2: Yeah, I thought he looked great there, he did. throughout summer league whether it was the california classic or then in las vegas he played really well um he looked really smooth getting his shot off uh, that's always a question for these guys um at summer league is can they get the shot off and then the next is does the shot go in when they get it off and uh, the answer to both was was yes at least so far so so far so good i that kings team's really kind of interesting know i i i tweeted today um i kind of feel like all 30 teams there's there's something to watch with all 30 teams oh yeah i realize some of this is you know we're three months out from the regular season starting and i'm already starting to miss it all but i do feel like you know the kings are going to be one of those teams where i'm going to be happy when it's you know 10 o'clock here on the east coast and it's like all right who oh we we got the kings tonight all right cool i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna tune in and watch them because i think they have a chance to be pretty fun
1: more watchable than in seasons past for sure hopefully um the nba going to be investigating the pj tucker signing on a surprise when how, how far before did we know that pj tucker was going to philly it, it was days right yeah mark it stein, like one day it was i believe mark
2: stein wrote about it on june 26th so that's like four full days out yeah. from the start of free agency um and then there were more some others that were also kind of putting stuff out there we'd kind of that was about the same time we heard Harden was going to opt out and uh, take less money and those kind of things. So yeah, it's a, that, that's a little far in advance. And, and I got to believe the Miami heat after somebody blew the whistle on them last year and they ended up losing the draft pick. I got to believe the heat are thinking, uh, Hey, wait a minute. Like who's talking to our free agent, you know, days in advance. So, so yeah, it's a, and to be clear, you know, Mark Stein was the one who wrote it's expected. Um, but if we're right it's expected, and I've heard from a few teams that are thinking like, yeah, I think Bobby Marks has put it out there in the world, too, that like, yeah, that's probably going to get looked at as well. So, yeah, my guess is there's going to be at least some level of, you know, what happened here?
1: Well, and I would have to imagine that the Knicks are, are going to get dinged for Jalen Brunson as oh, well. Oh, yeah. That's that coming. one,
2: I think Stein wrote, that one's like very widely expected. Yeah. We and know, I think
1: like, they knew it, too, and just yeah. said, whatever, we'll take the yeah. slap on the wrist and, you know.
2: I think for some of these teams, it's like, all right, so we lost a second round pick. Who right. cares? You know, I mean, Miami trades those things every year anyway, so I really don't think they care at all. Yeah. Um, they they do some of their best work on the undrafted market anyway. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know, yeah, and it's just further proof. Like, let's let's do something, figure something out with this tampering stuff so that we're not all getting caught up in this.
1: Speaking of the Knicks. Donovan Mitchell, his trade market appears to be expanding. Not what Knicks fans want to hear. Knicks fans want to hear the deal is done. And Donovan Mitchell is going to New York. But it sounds like what's going on is the Jazz are, they've had conversations with the Knicks. They know what the Knicks are offering, have a pretty good feel of what that offers at. And now they're going to go check around the rest of the league and see what the rest of the league will give them in a deal for Donovan Mitchell. I still think ultimately he winds up in New York. But Danny Ainge and Co. are going to make the Knicks wait a little bit and see what they can get. You know, probably going to be a pretty decent return for Mitchell. So we'll see where that ultimately winds up. Uh, But it's possible. I mean, another team could come in and offer something that the Knicks just can't quite match. And, And next thing you know, Donovan Mitchell's off somewhere else. But I still think the Knicks have got to be the favorite here
2: yeah i think it probably is too and i think this is probably a little bit of then the jazz come back with hey here's what we have for other offers like yep. you want to you know add to it I'm, I'm gonna go off topic just slightly here um because it's related to this where i saw this news was through a uh, Woj, uh thing on youtube and it's like man like i can already follow twitter and watch nba today and watch all these other things like I got to now go find you on YouTube too. Like, come on, stay off our corner. Let us have a, uh, have this little corner here. You know, you just tweet and write stuff, but um, that's just me being a gripe of being old and not wanting to have to continue to open more tabs in my browser. Um, but anyway, I, I think what he's saying makes sense, right? It's, you know, when the Knicks are being asked for, we want, toppin and Grimes and quickly, and then yeah. we also want you know six first round picks and all that stuff. The Knicks are like, all right, we're going to take either a couple players or a couple picks out. You got to you know make up your mind. We're not giving it at all. And I think the Jazz are looking at and saying, well, hey, the six first round picks a couple of those are pretty heavily protected picks from the Pistons and Wizards. Like that may not convey for years. Like, well, you know, when they do convey, they're going to be non lottery. Like where are we going with this? So, you know, that's going to ultimately be the back and forth, right. Is how many kids do the Knicks want to give up and how many picks And then my guess is, like you, I think it'll still ultimately be the Knicks, and they'll, you know, they'll they'll budge and give in, you know, on something. But 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 we'll see. I mean, this is going to be the way this goes back and forth. And you know, in the meantime, yeah, maybe some surprise team does jump in there and say, "Hey, we'll snag Donovan Mitchell now because he's still young enough to fit with a lot of teams that are kind of on on the way back up, Um, and he's obviously good enough to fit with." you know, any team that's trying to go for it. So, yeah, I mean, there, there, there should be a pretty wide market for him.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, and again, I think this is part of the process, but we'll keep an eye on exactly where he winds up. I still think the Knicks are in the lead. Uh, the Spurs did a little bit of business, keeping Keldon Johnson, four years, 80 million for him. Uh, solid player, young player too, for a rebuilding team to hang on to. What do you think about them them spending this money though? Is this is this good value? You think for the Spurs for a team that's trying to uh, turn things around here, potentially build for the future?
2: I think twenty million average annual value for Keldon Johnson is an absolute steal. All right. I think this guy is awesome. He uh, last year he he averaged almost uh, it was it was over seventeen points per game. Um, he was at uh, you know really good shooting splits. Uh, he's good uh, with the ball on his hands. That's probably where he's come the furthest. Pretty good spot-up shooter, too. Uh, Defends. He can rebound. His passing is coming along pretty quickly. I think this year he kind of becomes the face of that team Mm -hmm. moving forward, and all of a sudden we're looking at it as like, man, remember when the Spurs got Derek White on a really good deal, then DeJounte Murray on a really good deal? I think a year or two from now we're like, man, they have Keldon Johnson on a really good deal because I just think this guy is fantastic. So I think this is a huge win for San Antonio.
1: All right, so nice move there for the Spurs to be able to get him on this deal. Uh, We also saw the Jazz made a move. Simone Fontecchio winds up with the Jazz. This was a guy who we were starting to get these little rumors that he was going to be coming to the NBA, but it wasn't quite clear where exactly he was going to wind up. Got some size, can shoot the three a bit, has the ability to attack off the bounce. Not the quickest But I think the Jazz have got something here in him that could prove to be pretty useful, particularly as they look to build into the next phase of their franchise. What are your thoughts on on this move?
2: I think this is Danny Ainge repeating his Boston rebuild playbook a little bit here. He went to, after making all the trades uh, with the Nets and then starting that whole cycle of tearing down the roster all the way and rebuilding it, one of the things he did was he went to Europe and he got guys like... Uh, Brad Wanamaker, Shane Larkin, Phil Pressy, um, and then Daniel Tice was probably his biggest success that he got to come over uh, a couple of years later. I think he's he's starting the process here again, and they're they're under the tax. This is part of the non taxpayer mid level. Uh, for Fun Techio on a two-year deal. My guess is the team's probably pretty protected on that second year. Um, but if not, it's not going to be that much money anyway. I think it's total, it's a little over six million. So talking three million each of the each year or so. So yeah, I think this is Ainge, he knows what works, and I think he's going back to it and basically saying, all right, let's let's uh, you know, kind of run back what I know has worked for me in the past. Let's get this guy in, give him a look. There's probably gonna be plenty of minutes available and we'll see where it goes from there.
1: Right. And we've got last thing, Austin Rivers winding up with the Wolves. And this was the veteran guard that we were, we kept looking at saying, gosh, he's going to wind up somewhere. He's too good not to be on a team. Now all eyes on Dennis Schroeder to see where he ultimately winds up. But Austin Rivers, I think this is a nice fit for the Wolves. I mean, he's not, he's not a world beater or anything like that, but he can give you solid minutes. He can be an innings eater for you. I like it for, for Minnesota.
2: I think it's great. I mean, he did really well with Denver. Uh, you know played played well there obviously tim Connolly knows and likes him from getting him to the nuggets uh, uh he did a nice job filling in for jamal murray uh he was ki- kind of i think now he's no more as a defender than he is anything else but yeah i think this is a really good pickup for minnesota good good uh you know guy to bring in for a little bit more guard depth they, they've got uh right now jordan mclaughlin and uh, jalen noel uh probably they're they're two backup guards, but the rivers in that mix with those guys. And and you're pretty well set behind D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. I, I thought it was interesting. There were some reports out of uh, Minnesota this week, um, I, I forget, I think it was Chris Hine, who's one of their local beat writers, had done an interview with Chris Finch, that coach. One of the things he was talking about was you know, everybody's going to have to guard their own position a little bit more because they're probably going to be a little more traditional with their lineup sets, and and I think Rivers fits in well with that because he can really hold his own against you know, any guard in the league, and he generally does well against most of the smaller threes Um, also. Yep. So, yeah, I think this is a good fit. We did miss one, though.
1: Oh, Rich we miss? Williams
2: extension.
1: Oh, I <laughs> did. I how did I miss him? I am so sorry, Kenrich. I even have it queued up. I just I just skipped it. Uh 4 years 27 million for Kenrich Williams. Again, given the value of wings right now in the NBA, I was surprised it, it, that this dollar value. I thought for sure he'd get when he did that extension a bit more. I understand he's not on the level of a, a Kelvin Johnson or something like that, but Still, so I think this is a pretty solid value for uh, for the Thunder. Curious to see, maybe you know off the top of your head, are there any player or team options in these in this contract?
2: There's reporting coming out of Oklahoma City that the last year is a team option. We'll okay. see if that's a true team option or if that's a non-guaranteed year. They, mm-hmm. they get often reported as the same thing, even though there are some differences uh, between them. But, yeah, well, we'll find out with that. But, yeah, I mean, essentially just under $7 million a year. Really good value for for Kendrick Williams. I think this guy is, you know, really become a really good, solid player. I think more too. This sends a message a little bit to a guy maybe like uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Hey, see, we we kept Lou Dort. We we uh, signed you to the big extension. Keeping Kendrick Williams, we're now committed to this is now time to start building up, right? They've cashed in some of the pick uh, hoard over the last couple of years in trades, uh, started to move some things forward. I think this is a sign of, we kind of like the guys we got here. We're going to start building around them all on pretty reasonable contracts and let's start pushing things forward. So yeah, this is, this is a great deal. And I, 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 I'm like you, I thought maybe he goes to free agency and gets a little bit more, but I, it was very made very clear at the trade deadline last year he didn't want to be traded. He was like, I want to stay here. I like it here. I've found a right. home here. This is where I want to be. And uh, clearly the Thunder felt the same. So this is this is a good one for both player and team.
1: And let's face it, if you're Oklahoma City and you've got a guy who's a useful player and expressing that they want to stay in OKC, they're not exactly a free agent magnet market. So it's probably wise to do what you can to hang on to that guy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And now you get a guy who can kind of play two through four uh, in most Different lineup constructions can do a lot of different things Uh, for you. Definitely can play both the two and the three and uh, really defend. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty well uh, put together there.
1: All right. Well, now that actually wraps things up (laughs) for today. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show. Don't forget as well, we've got our Clips channel. I'll put the link in the description below. Go check out some of our short form content. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe.